Hello class, your module number one submissions are read and graded and you have detailed feedback Word documents waiting for you to read in your grade folder. If you prefer to listen to this class feedback, um, if you're listening to this, you've already clicked on the play button and um, I'm going to go over the class feedback in this audio or you can read it yourself. So does history repeat itself? Well, hopefully not in this class. Module one is history. That's true. It's done. But if we don't want history to repeat, we do need to learn lessons from the past. And so therefore, I cannot emphasize enough how important these class feedback pages are to your success, along with the individual class feedback that you have waiting for you in your Canvas grades folders. Now, are you with me on this? Hopefully, let's get started. So let's talk about quiz number one. To access the feedback for quiz one, go to your grade folder and click on the quiz one link. The quiz will open and you can scroll down to see the questions that you answered correctly and incorrectly. For the questions that you missed, attempt to find the best answer in your textbook chapters. If you get stuck, send me the question numbers via your Canvas inbox, and I will let you know where to find the answers in your textbook. You should do this for the following reasons. Reason number one, when you get in the habit of finding the answers yourself, you will begin to see a pattern to why you missed the questions. For example, you might find that you did not read the entire section or you misunderstood the question. You might learn that you need to work with our sociology tutor on your study techniques. Or maybe you will find that the quiz study guide is a helpful tool for you. Once you recognize the patterns, this is valuable information that you can then use to adjust your study techniques moving forward. This will help you not just in this class, but throughout your educational career. Now, reason number two, there might be typos or errors in the actual quiz. You are my quality control team. Now let's get into the discussion one and, and the activity one assignments. So you're gonna go to your grades folder and to the right of the discussion points, you will see several small icons. They're quite small. Click on the icon that looks like a comment symbol. When you click on the comment icon, you will see a Word document link, or it's an attachment. Once you click on the Word document link, you will be able to download and read the discussion feedback document that I left specifically just for you. Now you're gonna do the same for the activity and download the activity feedback document that I wrote for you. If you're not able to open the documents or you can't find them, please contact the Canvas Help Desk at 1-844-612-7420. Now, once you read both feedback documents for the discussion and the activity, contact me with any specific questions or concerns that you might have. Now, some of you who only submitted partial assignments you might not have a feedback word document. 
Instead, you will need to read my message to you in the comment area, but it is the same process. Click on the small comment icon to the right of your points in your grades folder. Now, my suggestion is that you download and save all of the feedback word documents throughout the entire semester and use them as you work on the next modules. These feedback documents are very handy reminders for you. Do keep in mind that the instructions for our activities do tend to change from module to module. So it is still important to read the instructions carefully and reach out if you reach out when or if you have questions. Now, our discussion assignment instructions, however, never change. Only the videos change. And again, you can message me via Canvas. You can text or call me at 714 area code 494-6320. That's my personal Google number. Um, now, your overall class feedback. So as a class, you did a great job considering this is our first module and you did not know what to expect, so kudos. And some of you may have noticed it is easy to procrastinate in online classes, and all of us, including myself, have to stay organized and on schedule. So now that you have an approximate idea of how long it takes to do the readings, lectures, and assignments, you're in a much better position to schedule your time as you work on the next module. Now, next, I'm going to explain some of the common point deductions in both the discussion and activity assignments. And even if you did not face any point deductions or if you're happy with your grade, it is still important for you to read or listen to this so that all of us as a class are receiving the same information. So let's start with discussion number one, part one. So overall, great job with the summaries. Uh, now, consider choosing a different video to summarize if you're having difficulties maintaining the sentence requirement. Keep in mind that quotes, thoughts, your views about the video or why you chose the video, etc., those don't apply to your total points. A summary is a piece written in your own words in which you give the reader an overview of the main points of whatever it is that you're summarizing. Now, since this is college and this course transfers to universities for credit, there are expectations for the level of depth and insight that you provide in each sentence. So I'm gonna give you an example, okay? This might make you, make you laugh. So I'm gonna read it to you. The video was about a cat. The cat had a nice, shiny coat. This is because the cat went to the groomer. The owner of the cat also feeds the cat nutritious food. According to research, a cat's fur is a sign of its overall health. A shiny coat indicates the cat is in good health. Cat owners can brush their cats daily to achieve a shiny coat. The video was very informative. So, the, above, so this example I just read is written in eight to 10 sentences. However, is it written in eight to 10 meaningful sentences? Would you consider this college level writing? Additionally, does the video summary include rep repetitive information? This is a no-no. So for example, you know, we know the video is about a cat and a shiny healthy coat and 
you know, we only need to hear that once. Um, does the video summary include a student's own opinions? This is a no-no as well. So when the, the sentence, this video was very informative, that's an opinion and that's a no-no for summaries. Repetitive information and inserting one's own views do not add value to the readers and can also confuse the readers. Keep in mind that when you insert your own thinking or views into a summary, it, not, it is no longer a summary. Rather, we refer to this type of writing as an analysis. So there's a very easy hack to turn your less than college level sentences into beautifully written academic masterpieces. When proofreading your work, combine two or more short sentences into one sentences. Ta-da, that's all, that's it. Now, I think most of you already know this. And how do I know this? Because I was once a college student myself and when time is limited, then quality tends to suffer. But quantity over quality does not work and worse can become a habit following students into their careers. And this is because writing, just like many things in life, is a skill, and skills require practice. Now, did you know that many employers now require applicants to submit written work as part of their interview process? For example, you might go to an interview and the employer will ask you to write a sample email to resolve a potential workplace issue, giving you 15 to 20 minutes to gather your thoughts, and write a brief paragraph or two. And I know this is very, very anxiety provoking to say the least, but those people who have had much practice throughout their college careers are ready to tackle this challenge with greater ease when compared to people who shy away from writing. So that's part one, the summary. Let's get into part two of the discussion. So when proofreading this section, does your post include details of something that actually happened to you or someone that you know within the context of the person to whom you're responding to? The description of the actual experience, again, needs to be written in at least eight to 10 meaningful college level sentences. So again, here's another example that is not college level. I witnessed bullying in school when I was 15 years old. Okay, now compare, to, compare that to this sentence, which is written at college level. When I was 15 years old, my friend was verbally bullied during recess by other classmates in high school. Okay, so this becomes much more thoughtful, much more meaningful to the reader. So toward the end of the semester, when students reflect on when they, what they learned in this class, overwhelmingly, many write that this, um, this, this um, personal experiences, this part of the discussion that they enjoyed the most. And it was what made the textbook readings and sociology co come alive for them. And it is through our own experiences and reading about those of others that deep learning takes place. And by deep learning, I mean information that's going to stick with you. Now, part three, part three of the discussion. So when proofreading this section, does your post include another eight to 10 thoughtful, meaningful sentences focused specifically and only on your own views, beliefs, or opinions about your peers' post? Again, the college level writing applies here as well. 
you'll find it helpful to look over the example read uh, regarding how to write part three in the discussion instruction document. Now, here's what not to do. Don't do this. I agree with you about school policies not being tough enough when it comes to bullying. So why don't I want you to do this? Because this is a summary. It's a summary of what another colleague wrote. You're not adding any value to the discussion okay, by offering your own original views so that others can learn from you. Okay, you're not adding value when you summarize. Okay, so instead do this. Here's an example of what to do for part three. While I agree that tough school policies are lacking, in my view, in developing those school policies, parental, community, and student involvement is needed to ensure that all sides and issues are considered. So when you read this sentence or when you're listening to it, this sentence does add new and thoughtful information to the discussion for the class to ponder. It includes information that they may have not thought about, and you are offering your own views about the post that you're responding to. So always remember this when it comes to the discussions, part two and part three. Part two and part three are the opposite of each other. Part, three, part two is only about your personal experiences in six to eight meaningful sentences. Part three is only your personal beliefs in six to eight thoughtful and meaningful sentences. So that's the discussion. Now for the activity, activity number one. So let's start off with paragraph one. Please do not focus on describing the website since you will not receive credit for these types of sentences. If your paragraph reads like you're giving the reader a tour of the website, start over. Rather, focus on summarizing in paragraph format the actual data or information. Do not copy the data or just list the data from the website either. Rather, imagine that you're explaining the main takeaways from the website information for an audience of people in our case, a non-sociological audience. So here again is an example of, not, of what not to do. Don't do this. The website included information about bullying. 75% of students at some point are going to experience bullying. 80% of bullying goes unreported. 50% of teachers would rather not address bullying in the classroom. So as you can see, this reads like a grocery list rather than a meaningful summary. So this is what to do instead. Using the same information, this is what a summary reads like, a meaningful summary. The website on bullying indicates statistics that demonstrate a clear pattern pointing to bullying as a widespread problem in schools. Not only do an overwhelming majority of students, 75%, report being bullied, but teachers themselves do not feel comfortable addressing this issue in their classroom. As a result, 80% of bullying goes unreported. However, the website does offer solutions as to preventive measures that can be taken by school administrators. Okay, so I turned that grocery list into a meaningful summary. Okay, now let's get into paragraph two. Now, when proofreading your paragraph, pay attention to staying on topic and delete any repetitive information. 
keep in mind that there should be a flow between the two paragraphs. And just as if you were writing a paper, you would not be repeating the same or similar information in each paragraph. So please be mindful of that here as well. Now, since paragraph one is all about the summary and not your own views or opinions, paragraph two is all about your own views, thoughts, personal opinions, personal experiences based on what you wrote about in paragraph one. So I have to add here that I love, love reading your own thoughts and views about sociological topics, because after reading similar summaries over and over and over again, it is refreshing in paragraph two to read your own take on the website information. All of you have thoughts and views, and I want to learn. I want you to learn to be comfortable expressing them. As you go through that process of learning to communicate what you think, you're also by default learning to be a critical thinker. Critical thinking is the ability to learn. Uh, I'm sorry, critical thinking is the ability to learn to take different perspectives on a topic. So to clarify, in order for you to formulate your own views, you undergo a process where you're taking in and evaluating different perspectives, you know, like in your brain. Um, therefore, it's a really it's it's a real win win in this class. I love reading your sociological thoughts, and you are learning critical thinking. All right, part three or paragraph three for the activity. So this is the paragraph where I'm super strict, and you need to follow the template to the T. And this is I'm not joking with this. Um, and I don't mean to intimidate you in this or scare you because the format is super simple. However, the reason that I'm strict on this is that in order for me to figure out whether you are able to choose, understand, and apply key terms properly, it cannot be a guessing game for me. As a teacher, I have to have an objective system in place. Otherwise, grading becomes unfair, not by intended bias, but unintended bias. So please don't leave it up to me to try to figure out or guess whether you're understanding the readings because I refuse to be put in that position. So based on the instructions for paragraph three, this, there is a formula. So I recommend that you first write this out on a scratch piece of paper. And then when submitting, combine the eight sentences together into a paragraph format. Now you can include an intro and a conclusion but just know that these types of sentences are optional and not for credit, okay? So here's the formula for paragraph three. Sentence one, define your first key term. Sentence two, expand on your definition. Sentence three, explain how the first key term applies to what you wrote in paragraph one, not paragraph two. Sentence four, expand on your application explanation, okay? And then you're going to read, you're going to repeat the above same exhaust, same exact process with the second key term. Sentence five, define your second key term. Sentence six, expand on your definition. Sentence seven, explain how the second key term applies to what you wrote in paragraph one. Again, not paragraph two. Sentence eight, expand on your application explanation. That's the formula. Stick to it. Do not jumble sentence one with sentence seven or sentence two with sentence six, etc. Follow the above exact format and only choose two key terms. 
And this is how you come to write eight thoughtful, meaningful sentences. And if you choose to add an optional introduction sentence and a conclusion sentence, then you, end, then you will end up with 10 thoughtful and meaningful sentences. So I hope that you can see that this is actually quite a simple formula and allows me to assess your level of understanding instead of going hunting for your two sentence definitions and your two sentence applications within paragraph three. So that's it. Now here's some final words. Overall, I was very impressed with your assignments and your efforts. Please keep this up. And even if you find yourself running late, some points are better than zero points. So in conclusion, some words about maintaining the required sentence minimums. You might recall that in the syllabus assignment, the orientation assignment, I explained that all sociology courses have a written requirement as determined by the Cal State and UC University systems. Some of you might feel that you wrote excellent analyses and discussion posts, and I needlessly deducted points in regard to the written requirement. But keep in mind that I choose the discussion and activity assignments in lieu of you writing assignment research papers. Based on student feedback over the years, students are much more likely to prefer learning sociology by watching videos, accessing websites, interacting with each other over having to write term papers. And I, just like many of you, like reading about your personal experiences and your thoughts and your views and how you see the chapter materials connected to various topics that we explore. So while I have the academic freedom to design critical thinking assignments, I do have to ensure that students are practicing developing their critical thinking writing skills at a University 100 first year university level which is a couple of notches higher than what you may have been used to in high school. So with that, just know that I'm here to support your success, as is our sociology tutor. You can always schedule a Zoom meeting with me or message me when you get stuck. Practice is important. And even in our short time together, you will, I promise you, you will see an improvement in your sociological thinking as we move through the modules. So enjoy your week. Let me know if you have any questions about module one feedback or module two Canvas chapter pages or the assignments. And additionally, I will be in touch with all of you via your Canvas inbox about your overall grades and progress in the class. So you can connect with me um, in that way as well. And um, look for that message in your Canvas inbox. So have a good one. I'm signing off for now, Professor Pyers.